This is Soul to Soul, the show with Nessie. Sub Soul fam, it's Nessie here, back with another episode of Soul to Soul, the show, where I talk about my life here in South Korea from the perspective of a black British woman who's now been living here for almost seven years. Do you know what? I was struck by inspiration by going back over some uh, live journal posts that I had made quite a few years back and now privatized diaries because you know, the internet is fickle and I didn't want people to be finding out stuff from my youth or my earlier years and using it against me if I somehow became big and famous as I got older. Even though, you know, some things are still relevant, but you know how people twist things so much on the internet? I didn't want to do that about my life. So I privatized that. But I decided to like go through and check out some of the stuff that I had written previously. And I found an interesting post that I made back in 2011 about education. And rereading it, I still think that this rings true. So I wanna read it out and I'm gonna talk about it and how this relates kind of to Korean education as well. Uh, The post itself is called my sixth form hell (laughs) and for those of you who don't know sixth form so uh british schools are very different to american schools uh american schools they split up into elementary middle school and high school whereas the uk is is primary school i think it's high school in the north but in the south it is secondary school because primary and secondary i mean it makes sense and then but, but primary school is like four slash five to 11 years old. And secondary school is 11 years old to 16 years old. And then 16 to 18 or 16 to 19, uh, either it is college or if you stay, stay in your school and they have a A-level program in the school, it is called sixth form. And that's what I did. I stayed in my school just because all my friends were there. So I, I I stayed in sixth form and, you know, these are the teachers that I knew and were used to. Also, I thought, I thought that was the, the, the angle that I should have done, but let's talk about it. Let me read it out. I strongly believe that the fact that my school did not make me into a prefect in year 12 ruined my chances of being a good student in my sixth form years. Let me explain myself. During my years of secondary school, Barking Abbey, fond memories, all right school. I was one of those students who normally did quite well in most subjects. During my GCSE years, I was put on the gifted and talented scheme for English, a subject I adored. I was predicted and indeed given four A's, French, French media, English lit and religious studies which was a piss easy subject where if you got below a B, you seriously shouldn't be in school. My French teacher, although one of the most terrifying teachers in the school, uh, Mr. Whitworth, you didn't screw around with him, shout out to Mr. Whitworth, was also probably one of the best. I probably did the best in French, barring religious studies, but again, like I said, it was a piss easy subject. In maths, I got a B, 
I was in the top set and those who I was in class with would always hang out in the library doing our homework and screwing around with the librarian. I know it sounds terribly self-applauding, but I got loads of recognition in those years. Teachers knew me, respected me, and I had fun because of it. Then my sixth form years came. I forgot when it was, but there was a time to nominate form representatives or prefects in year 12. One girl, one boy from each form, 18 kids altogether, because we had nine forms in each year, with the possibility of two in them, two of them becoming head boy or and head girl. I knew that there was no way I was getting that accolade. Gemma, I'll leave her, her, her surname, a good school friend of mine and brilliant scholar, had that, had that in the bag, in my opinion. She got three eights in the year nine sats, something that had never been achieved in the school before that, and got all A's and A stars in her GCSEs. She was amazing and I admire her and I was honoured to be her friend. And even if she didn't, there were other girls who were more respected than I was in terms of education and extracurricular activity. Uh, I didn't write this, but the girl did like so much like educational musical stuff. It was ridiculous. Anyway, I didn't set my hopes too high. But I thought that considering the standing and respect that I had for most of my education, that I had pretty much had the prefect gave me my in the bag, so I nominated myself. I wasn't chosen. The accolade was given to a girl called Leanne, who was an amazing sportswoman, but, no offence to her, was a pretty average student. I hope that, if she reads this, which I doubt, she won't get offended by this. We, I mean, we got on pretty well in sixth form. On the outside, I was smiling, but on the inside, I was furious, jealous, disappointed, and heartbroken in one big emotional pool of fail. I began to doubt my standing. Did the teachers no longer have faith in my ability? Because of that, I began doubting myself. I mean, they no longer saw me as important, so why should I? I began to be truant. For most, for the most part of my my 12th year, I, was, I went to about 10% of my French lessons of which I was the only student in the entire year to take that subject. I no longer shined in media and English, lessons that I had so loved only a year previously. I no longer did my best. I just did what I had to do. It reflected in my A-level results, CCE. Terrible. I just about got into uni. People like Gemma, who then went on to Cambridge, of course, and she was the head girl by the end of it all, and people who were prefects all did pretty well. So I can't help but wonder, if I was given that opportunity, if I was still respected by the teachers that had loved me the years before, if I was a prefect, would I have done better in my sixth form years? Of course, the past is the past. I hated my A-levels and I'm glad I never had to do them again, but I have learned from it. I feel I did better university level and I came out of it with a degree, so that's something, right? Sometimes it's good to think about the past. This is a random thought that I had I had to work out about a couple of days ago, so I thought I would metaphorically put pen to paper and write it down before I totally forget. By the way, if any of the Barking Abbey lot are reading this, this, again, I doubt it, it's been five years now at the time of writing this. Let us meet up and catch up, yeah? Alright. So, that's that. And that was five years writing that. It's now been 16 years since that whole incident and I look back and I think yeah I probably was messed up by all of that because I I had this perception 
of being so respected and well liked by the general, you know, the populace of Barking. I, I consider myself to be a social butterfly. I had I had at least one friend or one well known acquaintance in every single form in that club in, in in my year. I was known by the people in, in the years below. I had people who knew me in the year above. So it was over two things. One, I wasn't as good as I thought I was, which is ridiculous thinking about it because I was in, in, in terms of classes and subjects that were leveled and tiered, I was in the top tier of every single one. I was in the top class of maths, even though my maths wasn't fantastic. I was in the top class of maths. I was in the top class of English by far. I did super, super well in English. Like I didn't get A stars, but I got A's. And in terms of my family achievement, like my nuclear family, I have done the best education wise out of all five of us from a British standing. So either my educational standard wasn't as high as I expected, or I wasn't as liked or respected as I thought I was. And that, I think that's the bit that hurt. Because I think that's it. Like, because I am a jack, I was a jack of all trades at that point, there wasn't anything that made me stand out. I was like the weird black girl who liked Japanese animation. And I thought that made me quirky and interesting, but I didn't really have, like I had my social circle of my friends in the classes, but that never really set me apart in my actual form. And gave me the respect with the, the actual peers in my class who would be the ones voting for that accolade of being a prefect. To be honest, I don't think any of that mattered. What mattered was the fact that I got those grades to be able to go to university because if I didn't go to university and then didn't get my degree, I would not be here in Korea in the first place. So that little blip didn't really do much, but it did it did lower my self-esteem for quite a long time. And I think that's part of the reason also that when I finally made it to university, it was kind of like a relief thing where I like I wiped my brow of the, the sweat of stress. I was like, okay, I'm going to leave that behind. I'm going to reinvent myself. I'm no longer going to be Vanessa like I was in Barking Abbey and in East London. I am going to be Nessie now. This is how you're going to know me in Farnham. When you speak to me, when you converse with me, I am Nessie. Like, my name is Vanessa, but if you want to be my friend, if you want to have any kind of interaction with me at all, you're calling me Nessie, or you're calling me Ness. Like, that, that is my name from now on, at least for those three years. And I think that was kind of like my self-soothing, healing, after I felt so disappointed and felt so let down by my school. And it sucks because yeah, the previous five years, from years, yeah, year seven to year 11, those five years that I spent at the school at that time, do, preparing for my GCSEs and all of that, 
it went well. It was a good time. But those two years of doing A-levels and then realizing that perhaps I wasn't as respected or I wasn't as liked as I thought I was really threw things down for me. Like like I said, I, I became truant. I didn't go to my French classes. Back, back then, like the gates were open. So you could just get up and go. And to be honest, at sixth form, because it's not really, it's not really school, it's college. So you don't have to do anything. Like you don't, parents don't get called if you don't, if you don't go. You, you had, there was still like a uniform uniform. Like it still had to be formal, but that was about it. But you can, if you didn't have a lesson at the time, you can just like go wherever, like go to the park or go have some food. Like if I didn't have a lesson and I finished midday, I could just go straight home after midday. That's how it was for sixth form because it wasn't school. You didn't have to be there all the time. And like, there'll be times where I'll see my teacher and I just literally just walk past the classroom and not go. And it was a bit obvious because I was literally the only person doing that subject in the, in my school year. So I had no motivation. I had one person who was joining in, but he was in the year above and he was actually French. So his French was pretty much perfect. So he was no motivation. There was one teacher actually who always smelt really strongly of coffee. Like he had an addiction and he was just like this kind of lager lad, but he was someone who I think spent a few years in France. So his French was probably the best out of everyone. And he, was a draw. I think his was the only lesson that I went to because I also had three teachers of French. That's how shite it was. Ugh. Just reliving those those memories is just so frustrating to me. But um, like I said, I I made it through. I did it. It was done. Whatever. I didn't, didn't have to think about it anymore. But. I wonder if that affects students in career here as well, because like you have these perceptions of who you are and who you should be, and then you get your test results or you something happens and it's like it kind of pops that uh, metaphorical bubble and it's just like, oh, so maybe I'm not as smart as I thought I was. Maybe I'm not as light as I thought I was. Maybe I'm not as good as I thought I was. And that kind of sends you into a downward spiral of funk and depression and disillusion with everything like I was so disillusioned with education at that point for like one year I, I, I just I just didn't care and by the time I picked myself up by that point the damage had already been done so yeah like I went from an A in French to an E in French in two years like and I think still me and studying don't really mix that well. So, like, I loved studying when I was younger. And I, and I feel like a lot... I've read somewhere that a lot of the gifted and talented children who who were on gifted and talented children programs when they were younger kind of experienced the same thing as they got older. And even now, I still don't really... A lot of the stuff that I used to enjoy as a child, I don't enjoy as much anymore. Like drawing and and writing and um I still I, I'm getting back into all these things though I'm getting back into writing I've started 
uh, started up a diary again where I'm trying to like write every single day so I can get back into the swing of things. Um, I've got gotten my I've got my iPad now. I have an e-reader where I'm reading like I'm reading the Bridgerton books basically to get back into the swing of writing, reading fan fiction, fan written works of different stories that I grew up with uh just to motivate me into getting back into writing um i bought like the ipad to be able to get back into art and maybe start my drawing again because i used to love like drawing comics and stuff when i was a kid but again something just snapped at the age of like 16 17 and it and i kind of pinpointed to that particular moment and it's really depressing and it's really sad but at the same time like i look back and I am not that person anymore. I'm no longer needing the validation of others to be able to do what I want to do. I know what I want to do. I know what I need to do. But at the same time, I wonder if that so negatively affected me that it created the kind of mindset of like, kind of quit while you're ahead because the people that you thought like you don't really like you the 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 people who you thought respected you don't really respect you they don't really see you as their peers their equals and it's a really painful thing to experience especially as a 16 year old child not only that a 16 year old black female in the UK that's a very hard thing to experience as a minority person and being a 16-year-old black female, that was not something that you can discuss with your parents because their parents' expectations are, you cannot be sad. What do you have to be sad about? You have an education, you have a roof over your heads. When I was your age, I was doing blah, 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 blah. With very little, and I, and I, and I don't mean this in a the, in the mean way to cuss out my parents or anything, but they had very little sympathy because the way that they saw it and the way that a lot of, uh, immigrant parents see things is that the lifestyle that their children have or had was so much better than what they experienced so there's no reason to complain about it whereas nowadays it's like there's more empathy towards these kind of situations like okay yes this was my situation but my situation cannot be compared to your situation because it was a different time period, a different era. Like, with the students that I'm teaching now, we're, we're looking at about, like, a good 20 years difference. That's a whole generation of things and technology and, like, how things are and all of that. And I, I have learned to be a lot more sympathetic to kids and be like, you know, I, I get it. I get it. I know the stress. I understand it. I I know the pressure that you guys put towards yourself, but you can't. You can't let that get to you because it will eat you up. And the negative mindsets that you're gonna have is just gonna fester. Like I had a go at one of uh, some one of my classes uh, the other day because they were really they're really struggling with a very simple sentence structure. Now, the rest of the class can get it, but there's some students who are just not, just not getting it at all. 
And I was told by their previous teacher that they didn't get it back then either. So for me, it was just like, why does it seem like you're not trying? And it turns out the kids just feel like they they, they say to themselves, I don't understand it. I don't understand it. I don't get it. I'm not smart enough. So I told them, no, you can't have that mindset. You have to be a bit more positive. You have to be saying, try to, the brain is is a muscle that we can trick very easily. You have to say, okay, I do get it. I do understand it. You have to speak positively, say that you, this is something that you can do. And the moment you start switching things around, switching up your language and switching up the, the mindset that you have, you're a, you're, you'll be able to find that you can understand and do things a lot better. So they thought I was joking, but I was like, no, 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 no. This is the way to do it. Trust me, I understand about the funk and thinking that you can't do things. Because how can I go from being a straight A student in the subject to completely flopping, uh, like not even 12 months later. That's me thinking that I can't do it. That was my mind saying that I can't do it. It wasn't that anything was very difficult. Yeah, obviously some things are difficult because there was more to learn. But in the pace that I was going, I could have done that easily. It's just my mind played tricks on me and I was saying that I can't do it. So because I kept saying that I can't do it, I ended up not being able to do it. So I don't want that to happen to my kids. I don't want that to happen to my students. So this is a bit of a, a self-reflective uh, entry today because I was like reading this and I felt really moved by my words that I wrote as a 23-year-old. And probably I had like an epiphany at that point thinking, ah, that's the reason why what happened happened. And now I've had more time to go over it and marinate and see my life as a a 34-year-old. It does make sense. And I think my expectations or my reality was very different to what was happening around me. And when the glass shattered, boy, did it shatter. And it really changed my life. It, it changed the path that I went, I was going down. Probably for the better, because I, I probably wouldn't be where I am now if it wasn't for that experience in that situation. Because goodness knows uh, I, I, what I could have been doing if I I got the prefetch role, I, then I got better results, went to a different university, whatever. But it is what it is. I'm glad for it. Anyway, thank you so much for listening to this kind of reflective episode of my life. Um, hopefully you found it interesting. Let me know what you guys think about like your educational perceptions and whether any you know windows were shattered for you when you did something in school or after leaving mandatory education and you went into voluntary education and then something changed then or has it all just been working out for you perfectly? Just let me know. Uh, as always, we can continue this conversation on my social medias. I am at Soul Nessie on Instagram and on Twitter. Oh, my, my brain just froze there for a second. I am Soul to Soul on Facebook and on YouTube. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, I'll catch you on the flip side. Bye, Soul Fam. Slaters. And if you liked that episode of Soul to Soul, 
Why not subscribe and follow this podcast on whatever streaming service you were using to listen? I'll see you in the next episode. Slaters.